Hey everybody, this is Zach. Hey, this is Matt. And welcome to What I Watched It Again, episode 12. And this week we watched Cobra. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 12 of What I Watched It Again. Uh, Like Matt said, this week we are watching the 1986 movie Cobra. Starring Sylvester Stallone, and honestly, that's pretty much it. Uh, there's some other people in it, but there's some uh, pretty big, decent name people in this movie. There is and there isn't. Okay, so Bridget Nielsen, kind of Brigitte, right? Bridget, Brigitte, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyways, it's like in the '80s, you know, '90s, like yeah, like. Again, but but she's not an A-lister. She's a B-lister. She's a B-lister you know, is what she is. Right. Right? Uh, Brian Thompson, he's the lead bad guy in this. You would recognize him again. He's like a more of a low-end B-lister, but you definitely recognize his face. Buffalo Bob from Joe Dirt. So, um, and then <laughs> the only other one is Art LaFleur. People would know him, like, because, yeah. again, he's been in a lot of stuff. After that, if you recognize somebody, uh, it's because you've maybe seen them in something obscure, but like that's Andrew, that. Andrew Robinson was he's been in a few like random movies. He's that other detective that he punches in the face. Yeah. But again, like you'd maybe recognize him, maybe and like try and connect him to something, but you wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, that's Andrew Robinson. Yeah, I, I yeah. Yeah. And actually, so. uh Brigitte was uh she was married to Stallone at the time. Were they really? Yeah. They were married for like two years. Yeah, I knew they were married, but I guess I didn't realize it was during this. Although that makes more sense now that you say that having watched it and just the fact that there's not really anybody else in this movie, that kind of makes more sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's known for some... You know, like Red Sonia, Rocky Four, and this. She's known for Rocky Four. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to be known for Red Sonia. Yes, this is true. That's that is what she's known for. Let's see. And uh, oh, she's in Beverly Hills Cop too. That's what I was thinking. Of oh yeah, one. I forgot she was in that. So like you know, um, I'll give her that one. But yeah, she not really. Yeah, yeah. So Sylvester Stallone, though, let's just be real. That's that's who this this movie is. Oh yeah, that's this is all Stallone. I mean, this is yeah. I mean, this is just straight up like action movie Stallone, and this is this movie in general is just pretty much the epitome of eighties action movies, over the top violence and you know language and. So let me ask you this, Matt. You've seen the original Rambo's? Yes. And I don't know how many times you've watched them, but I've watched them quite a few. And I've watched, I've done a kill count in all of them um, with some buddies watching them before. And I can't tell you what they are, but it's like, obviously, like some absurdly stupid number. But I swear it's one point in this movie, I was like, I feel like there's going to be more people killed in this movie than in Rambo. <laughs> like Rambo 2 or Rambo 3, because in Rambo 1, not that many people actually get killed, but... In Rambo 2 or Rambo 3, I'm like, I swear more people are going to die in this movie than in a Rambo movie. <laughs> to your point of over-the-top violence, like, there is a lot of people to get killed. Uh, in the whole Rambo series, 552. 552? Yes, and in Cobra, um, 52. Yeah, hence my point, like... <laughs> <laughs> if you take all the Rambo movies and break it out, because they're ca- they're for sure counting like the newer Rambo movies too in that. Yeah, um, yeah. So I would say because Rambo one, I don't remember exactly, but it's probably only like a couple of people that die in Rambo one. Yeah, Rambo thought. two is well over a hundred. Rambo three is well over a hundred. Rambo four is well over a hundred again, 
And then in the last one, it's probably more in like that 20, 30 range, something like that. Okay. So, have you watched that one yet, by the way? The last one? No, I still haven't. We really got to watch that one. That's a legitimate good movie. I know. That's a I like all the Rambo movies, just like I like all the Rocky movies. Yeah, you just, I know. You just, one of those movies, just sometime you got to get around to watching it. I, yep. I still haven't seen the Creed series, but I've been meaning to. I've seen the first Creed. It was good. He's not going to be in the third Creed. Really? Uh-huh. I, I forgot why, but he's not going to be in the third one. So why are they making one? Money. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just, I feel like it's going to not make that much. Well, you know, after a while, you would, you'd think... Uh, you know, I don't even know. I can't even tell you. You'd think after a while maybe he would just get bored of it, but look at all the Rocky movies. Look at all the Rambo movies. Oh, you're talking about Stallone. Yeah, Stallone. Oh, I thought you were talking about Michael B. Jordan, and I was no, like... No, that's what the movies are about. Well, I know, and that's what I couldn't figure out. I was like, this makes no sense to me. I'm like, in my head, and you're like, oh, you know, so it can make money, and in my head, I'm like, no, I feel like people are watching those movies to watch Michael B. Jordan be Creed. Like, I think that's why they're watching it. But uh, that makes more sense. Yeah, I mean, whether Stallone's in it or not, I don't think really matters much. So now, now let me ask you this before we actually get into the movie, because this this podcast is more of a two parter, because this week we're doing this movie, which is Stallone. And next week we're doing Arnold Schwarzenegger in Hercules in New York, which is about, you know, Arnold. Mm-hmm. So I figure we probably talk a little bit about each other and kind of have a you know a little bit of opinion about them because I mean I know where we both stand on each at least. <laughs> um, but Stallone overall, what do you think his two? What are your two of your favorite Stallone movies? Two favorite Stallone movies. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Rambo two. Okay, because that's just an easy one to go right into. Rambo two for sure is excellent um after that it gets real hard to pick a number two i because rocky four is there uh rocky the, the like just rocky is right there expendables gotta be honest huge fan of the expendable series and especially the original expendables so really a big fan of that one I mean, that's what I mean. Like, it's kind of like, you know, Rambo 2 is easy because I love Rambo 2. Okay. After that, it's kind of like, eh, I don't know. I'd probably give it to maybe Rocky 4. Probably, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with those two. Okay. Yep. What about you and Arnold? Oh, no, no, no. This is a oh. Stallone episode. Oh, sorry. I, I have favorite Stallone movies. My... My favorite all-time Stallone movie is Demolition Man. Okay. With him versus Wesley Snipes. Yep. And honestly, I really liked Rocky Four. Oh yeah, Rocky Four is great. Um, I mean, a very I mean third would probably be one of the Rambo's. I I couldn't tell you. I'd have to watch them again, but one of those. Yeah, I mean, um. Dread, obviously, Judge Dread is also right up there too for me. I know you're a little more. That's just because I like the Carl Urban one better. Yeah, but but... it's still—I mean, it's still decent because of how he he acts in it. So, yeah. Um, Oh, I speaking so on Stallone. I uh, I watched uh, Zookeeper with the kids this past weekend. Okay. Uh, which was a funny movie. I totally appreciate it. But still, Sylvester Stallone doing the voice of a lion is probably one of my new favorite things. <laughs> like, it honestly was hysterical. Like, it really was. Um, big fan. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know if you, you pro- have you seen Zookeeper? Who's, who's in that one? Uh, Kevin James. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I like that movie. That's okay. Yep. Expendables is really good, though. Um, oh, yeah. That, I mean, that I whole mean, series I like. That's honestly... 
I don't know how you don't like the Expendables because that's what everybody wants or any any true action like movie person wants. Like they legitimately got pretty much it through the series. They get legitimately like every major action star for like the last 30 years. Oh, yeah. Short of Bruce Willis, I think is about the only one. Really? I don't think he's he's not in the first one. He's not in the second one. He I'm a little iffy if he was on in the third one. Um, it's Bruce Willis in the Expendable. Yes, he's Mister Church. Oh yeah, but he doesn't actually like. Right, but he's still in. Right, it. yeah, but he's still in it. So yeah, I guess yeah. How did I not remember that? Because he's the one that gives him the mission in the first one. Yeah, I was totally ignorant there. I was like, oh yeah, he's not in the first or second one. Yeah, he's the guy in the first one. But he doesn't, I guess, yeah. So he is. I was wrong. Uh, way wrong. But he doesn't actually do like action-y stuff for the most part. But even still, they get everybody else. I mean, they get Chuck Norris in it. Right. I mean, how can you not want to watch an action movie where they get pretty much everybody? And they do bring in a few younger guys, which is nice. I mean, yes and no. I mean, we're there for the old dudes who used to be '80s action stars. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's fine. But you like, know. Uh, do I really need to see Liam Hemsworth? No, no. If it was Chris, it'd be better. If it was Chris, it'd be better. Speaking of which, <laughs> did you watch the next Netflix movie? I think it's what Extraction. No. Oh, it's good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you should watch that. It's good. What are what is your least favorite Stallone movie? Least favorite Stallone movie? Yeah. Rocky Five. Rocky Five. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? It's just dumb. <laughs> like I, I don't know how else to explain. It. It's just dumb. Um, like I think he made it too early, right? Because essentially, what he did with Rocky Balboa and the Creed movies and stuff is that like Rocky later in life, and I think he needed to wait longer because that's what he was trying to go for in Rocky Five, and like it just doesn't work. Like I don't like it's dumb. Okay. For me, it was dumb. I just that's the to sum it up is dumb. I mean, out of any of the slow movies, that'd be the one where if I like was gonna watch anything, and like I have done this, I watched the last ten minutes to watch him fight him in the streets. Okay, that's fair. Because the rest of it's pretty unbearable. So, yep. Mine would have to be ants. Does that count? Yeah, he's he's in it. Well, he's, he's in a it for, voice actor, right? But he's in it for a good part of that movie. Okay, I I've never seen Ants, so just don't. It's dumb. Just go watch a Bug's Life. That's ten times better. Bug's Life is a classic. That came out when we were not that old. Exactly. <laughs> Same with right. that movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nineteen ninety eight. We were not that old. Yeah. Yep. Um, so. Okay. Okay. Yep. Well, I mean, this is this is gonna be all you, Zach. So, uh, give, hit us with a plot for Cobra. Oh, a plot. All right. So let's see. If we're gonna do a plot for Cobra, this is what we're gonna go with. So, uh, in they don't actually say, but it's California, pretty yeah. sure, right? They don't actually say, but in California. Uh, Sylvester Stallone plays Lieutenant Detective Marion Cabretti, uh, who goes by Cobra, and he is part of the Zombie Squad, which, like, you had to love that, Matt. Yeah, that was a cool name for that. So they call him the Zombie Squad, and essentially what they do is they kind of push the limits on what is, like, actual police work and what isn't, and really they're known for just, like, killing bad guys essentially you know and i'm putting bad guys in air quotes but like that's kind of what they're known for and so 
this in this uh movie he is looking for what he feels is a group of people that are just murdering people at random in the city like no rhyme or reason they're just murdering them in terrible ways and the department thinks that it's just one killer he thinks it's a group of people insert bridget nielsen playing ingrid who somehow through only 80s action movie comedy manages to escape being killed um and so then cobra is responsible for protecting her and at the same time uh finding you know the killer slash killers and ensues a whole bunch of people dying uh, a pretty good car chase scene and a whole lot of gunfire and eventually it culminates with him taking her out into the country to try and protect her and this entire army of these murderers showing up to try and kill her and cobra and his partner ensue awesome 80s you know gunfight and uh you know the good guy winning at the end of the day well, that's the movie in a nutshell it's not that long of a movie so it doesn't really have that much of a plot no not really <laughs> and yeah this movie it, it ends a lot faster than i thought it was going to because you know it picks up you see the killers or you know you see the killer and you see Cobra, and then you see what's going on, and then it's just like, done. Okay, okay, that was quick. I didn't expect a whole lot because it was an 80s action movie, and a lot of those 80s action movies got super straight to the point, whereas a lot of movies nowadays are almost a minimum of two hours, and there's just a lot of more you know details or plot lines and character development, whereas, hey, these are the bad guys, he's the good guy, good guy kills bad guys, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so to your point, uh, in classic 80s faction, they do start you right off, right? Like there's no like build up to it. So the very first part of the movie is this guy who uh, is not connected to the other killers. This guy goes into a grocery store and starts to shoot the place up right just shooting random stuff right um and not everybody's able to make their way out uh before he kind of gets to the back of the store and captures some of them some of them so now he has hostages and they're trying to talk to the guy he won't talk to anybody so they call in cobra right because it's the zombie squad he's here to take care of bad guys oh yeah and, <laughs> and so stallone pulls up in a sweet car like that I'm sorry, but so that's badass. Dude, that car is awesome. Uh just so cool. And he pulls up, he gets out, and just classic awesome 80s, right? Leather jacket, aviators, chewing on a match matchstick, you know, his gun just tucked into his waistband, blue jeans, you know, boots, leather. I think he has leather gloves at that point, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just like, oh my word, this is this is 80s at its best. Yes. And so the detective, uh, Detective Monty, he doesn't like the zombie squad. He thinks they're, you know, basically bad cops. But uh, Captain Sears, which was played by Art LaFleur, is the one that called him in because, you know, he wants this resolved. So then Cobra goes into the grocery store and does a super awesome job of just sneaking all over this store. <laughs> Yeah. Rather than just shooting the guy when he sees him, because why would we do that? No, we gotta mess with the guy. You gotta mess with the guy. He does all this sneaking around from all these different angles. And eventually he sneaks to like so the guy has these sausages in the deli, like in the meat counter section of the supermarket. And he sneaks back there and uh gets like right within, you know, like 15 feet of the guy. And he's talking to him. And then there's just this awesome dialogue. And the guy that played the, the criminal uh, does a great job of acting like just completely out of his mind, you know, completely irrational. And so this is what I love. This is like one of my favorite parts in this whole movie. 
so Stallone puts his pistol away, right? Right. And he's talking to this guy who has a bomb in his hand and his gun in the other hand. And he's talking to this guy. And then he pulls out a knife, you know, behind his back. Because when you're dealing with the magman who has a bomb and a gun pointed at some people, why shoot him when you could throw a knife at him? Like, come on. And so eventually it de-escalates to the point where, or escalates, sorry, to the point where he knows he's going to start killing people. So then Stallone throws the knife and obviously hits the guy perfectly. Of course. But, well, you got to shoot him now. Like, you've only got one knife and you already hit him. So then he pulls out his gun and empties his gun into the guy. And the guy, you know, falls down and dies. And I'm just like, this is amazing. This is what I want right here. Like, <laughs> it makes no sense, like, at all. So, so you know, he saves the day. But then when he comes out, uh, this is where he starts interacting with Detective Monty again. And this reporter who basically is saying he's just a murderer. And uh, Stallone points out, you know, what about the guy in there who just randomly killed a kid for no reason? And yada, yada, yada. And, like, that's the beginning of the movie, right? Like, that just sets the tone for you right there. It just jumps you right in. You know what you're getting. Like, here's this, you know, no rules applied to me, super cop, badass, like, I mean... In the middle of just you know dealing with this guy, he cracks open a beer and starts drinking it. And it's yeah, just like, you know whatever. Like I just I couldn't stop laughing, and at the same time, this whole scene I just had a huge grin on my face. Well, you can't throw a can if it hasn't been cracked open, Matt. Like that just doesn't work that way. I, whatever, you know, gotta take a sip to sample everything. Yep. And you know, so kind of going to the Judge Dread thing. Throughout this whole movie, whenever the bad guys are like talking to him or yelling at him, I'm just waiting for him to be like, I am the law. <laughs> no, I think the line from this one is, this is where the law ends and I begin or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That was funny. Yeah. Yep. So then um, he returns to his house, you know, because you got to show the cool 80s bachelor pad. Oh, right? of course. Right. And so he uh, he can't get a parking spot right where he wants. So he pushes this other car out of the way. It's full of uh, like four gang members. They get out thinking like they're going to start something. And in typical like B.A. fashion, he basically makes them back down. Right. Yeah, he does. So then he goes up into his apartment, pulls frozen pizza out of his freezer, starts eating it while it's frozen, because, again, it's the 80s like you got to be you know cool and he starts to clean his gun which i thought those were eggs by the way i'm like why do you pull eggs? i did too i absolutely did too i was like this is like i'm i'm really confused right now is he just gonna like eat frozen eggs like is this rocky all over again (laughs) it's weird but all right um and then he starts watching the news where they start talking about this killer that they can't find who, again, killed another person. Um, and there's just countless victims so far. And so that's where you start to get the the, the, the plot, for lack of a better, of like, okay, this is what it's going to be about is this guy. And then it cuts to them uh, actually killing somebody. Again, like, pretty graphic and pretty like random is I guess the best way of looking at it. Yeah. And this is where you learn, yep, there's more than one. And uh, this is when Cobra starts telling the, his boss, like, Hey, I think there's more than one person. And they're like kind of listening to him because he has a reputation of like getting the bad guy. But then detective Monty doesn't like him because, you know, he's part of the zombie squad and he just thinks he's going to kill everybody. And, he basically disagrees and thinks it's only one killer, not a bunch of killers. Um, so it's setting up that dynamic, which obviously doesn't play out a ton. Like, at least they carry it through the movie, but it doesn't play out a ton. And then Ingrid now shows up. Um, and there's the photo shoot before or after she sees them. I think it's after, isn't it? 
Yeah, because she's on her way to the photo shoot. And she, because she sees him in the Jeep, she keeps going because she freaks out. And then she goes to that photo shoot, which so random. Like, I get where they go with it, but the fact that that was in the movie with like all these weird sex robots and then her doing her modeling thing, I was like, what's going on? All right. So before we get to that, so Ingrid basically drives under this overpass that's got like no lights and like nobody else is around and doesn't see them killing this lady, but gets creeped out by the people that are there and they think she's seen something. So this is where you learn that one of the people is a police officer in the police department and she runs the plate off of Ingrid's vehicle, figures out who she is, where she lives, right? So then we cut to Ingrid going to Matt's favorite part of the movie, the photo shoot. And Matt, the only thing I can figure is Stallone did that to give his wife some like essentially modeling time, like screen time. Hey, look at, you know, how beautiful I am, you know, grow my career. Like, honestly, that's about all I can figure. Okay. Because to your point, it's, it's significantly longer than it needs to be. That part of the movie is significantly longer than it needs to be. Yes. Like I mean, you could have gotten what they were going for in about 20 seconds. And it's more like three or four minutes. It's the added random sexual appeal of the movie. We'll just yeah. say. Yep. But super weird. And the, the robot with the boobs just made me laugh. <laughs> I was like, all right, whatever. I mean, I get where they're going with it because afterwards, you know, she goes into the garage with, was it the cameraman or whatever, whoever's taking the. Photos. I think it's more like her, her manager, promoter, like somebody who's trying to be your manager, like something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's just like, hey, after that, let's go. You know, let's go get something to eat. Like just, just like that constant like '80s creep vibe, like constantly let's come on you know you want to go out i mean i'm not trying to hit on you but i'm hitting on you yeah yeah yeah. like i can really help your career but i don't need anything in return like i'm doing it for you yeah but come on let's go have dinner wink wink like yeah yep (laughs) and so again like most solid 80s movies like you gotta have people get killed in a parking garage oh of course so uh, the killers are waiting for because they know that somehow they know she's having a photo shoot there. We're not going to go into how they know that. That's not important. Plot is not part of this movie's strong suit. We'll just say yeah. that. Yeah. So so they show up and just start murdering people because, again, a lot of people die in this movie. And although they're there for her, they end up killing three other people, four other people. At least yeah. three for sure. They killed I know. Th- promoter the random dude with the the alcohol and then the security guard and there's not a fourth i feel like there was another like business person Uh, maybe i don't know i but you're right those three for sure right yeah so they show up and this is where you know we can't kill ingrid so she somehow has to get away from them they have to although this is one of those how they can swing an axe perfectly every other time when they're swinging for her, this is when they start hitting sprinkler heads and other things that stop them from being able to kill her. So, right. so she's able to get away um, and hide. And so she obviously calls the police. Um, they take her to a hospital, get her checked out. At this point, um, Cobra's boss has said, yep, you know, you can start being on the case and try and figure out who it is. They go and talk to her. And so Cobra and his partner, Gonzalez, talk to her in the hospital, kind of start getting an idea of what it is she saw. And so uh, he tells Gonzalez, hey, you stay here with her. I'm going to go home and go through my files and see what I can come up with. Right? Right. And so that's what happens. He goes home, starts going through his files, uh, doesn't come up with anything. But then when he calls Gonzalez, 
uh, or does Gonzalez just call him? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, he learns that Gonzalez is back at the police department and he's like, why are you there? And it's, well, you know, the station called and said, you want me back here. So I came back and this is when they realize, oh no, like we've been duped, which I got some comments on this in a second. And so then as he tries to start leaving, a bunch of people attack him and he's Cobra. Like mistake. He just wrecks them. Like it's awesome. I think there's three guys and he kills all three. Yep. Yep. And so then he gets in his sweet car, takes off for the hospital. Uh, but at this point, the killer's already there. The lead killer. Um, what's the his night face? slasher? Yeah, the night slasher. So uh, Brian Thompson playing the night slasher is already there. And so being that I work in healthcare and have worked there for quite some time now, I always love when I watch any movie, whether it's an old movie or a new movie, I love when I watch a movie and they show a hospital and it's like pitch dark and nobody's around (laughs) and like people can just kind of do whatever. And I'm always like, this is like one of the most unrealistic things in a movie ever. Like, this is not what it's like. Agreed. I feel like you got to have the same feeling of like when you watch like a prison scene, though. Yeah, because I mean, even same with the hospital, because I work up at the hospital for things for, you know, prison stuff. And I mean, there's still lots of stuff going on, even at like two, three in the morning. Yeah. Like I've never seen a floor where it's just like one nurse or no nurses around. Yeah. There is always stuff going on, just always constantly. So, anyways, but no, this is the movie. So, um like there's some people at first but then by the time he gets up to the floor there's nobody there but again because he's the night slasher and this is an 80s movie and lots of people have to die uh he kills the janitor to get a uniform to go up and then he gets chastised by this nurse for riding in the wrong elevator which i thought was awesome i thought she was gonna die honestly i did too i was honestly actually kind of surprised that she didn't i was a little surprised that she didn't i'll be honest um (laughs) But he's able to get off uh, onto the floor, and then magically there's just nobody around, right? Like, oh, yeah, Yeah. nobody's here. And he's able to go to the room, and somehow... Did he go to the wrong room first? Mm. I feel like he went to the wrong room first, maybe. Well, yeah, because he killed that that one other nurse. Well, he kills the patient in the bed. Right. And then this nurse shows up and realizes that the lady's been like stabbed and then he kills the nurse. Cause again, like we got to kill lots of people. I mean, of we don't course. kill lots of people. Like this doesn't work. And then he goes to the room and Ingrid just happens to be in the bathroom and somehow, and we're going to go with just adrenaline strength. She's able to pull the door closed when he's pulling against it. And Brian Thompson got, jacked for this yeah like he is big time jacked um but she's able to close the door and lock it with some like flimsy little lock uh and he's not able to pound his way in because this is one of those like um the jam is such that if you're trying to kick it in you're kicking against the jam so that's like really hard to kick in that way um but what you can do if you have a super awesome looking knife is start to stab through the door cardboard like cardboard and she's not she's in a room apparently where there's two doors into this bathroom and so she's trying to get out on the other side but there's a bunch of equipment on that side um and so he's trying to come through well eventually she's able to get through before he's able to get through and she gets out in the hallway and pulls a fire alarm and then poof, it's like a magic trick. Magically, there's like 50 people. <laughs> Whoa, what's going on out here? Oh, we need to evacuate. Like, it's just the most amazing thing ever. Like, and not just patients. There's like nurses and orderlies and all sorts of people. Just tons of people okay. by pure magic. She's got to be safe now. Yeah, and so this is when Cobra shows up and finds her and like, yep, we're all okay. 
And so at this point, um, and this is what I think something, this is what I wanted to mention. At this point, I really feel like they maybe should have started giving a little bit more on the fact that there was an inside person. Like it was glaringly obvious that there was an inside person. Yeah. And they mention it, but they don't really give anything to it. And all I can think is like, no, like this would be a really big thing. But they just don't give anything to it. And I was kind of surprised by that. I mean, I know there's not a whole lot like you're we're not expecting a lot out of this. Right. But like, give us a little something. Yeah, maybe like a hint of who it might be or where it might be coming from. Yep. So at this point, they're going to transport her to a safe house, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where the really cool car chase scene comes in. Um, so Cobra takes Ingrid in his car because it's inconspicuous, like <laughs> nothing, nothing noticeable at all about it. I almost felt like it was bulletproof. Yeah. Well, apparently it was because they shot it a ton and nothing ever happened. <laughs> That's what I mean. Um, and then Gonzalez and the corrupt cop who is, what's her? Uh, Nancy Stock. So Officer Stock. Okay. Is uh, the, the the female that's the, the um, bad cop. They fall behind. Classic, you know, uh, big... Uh, you know, cargo truck pulls out, smashes their car so they can't fall with Cobra. And then they start attacking Cobra in his car. He drives super fast in a souped up muscle car. Cause this is like, I'm sorry. This is always one of my pet peeves in movies. I hate this. I just absolutely hate this in movies. I hate when there is a vehicle that legitimately in every aspect can outperform the other vehicles around it. And yet somehow they can keep up. (laughs) This is that classic case. I mean, this is clearly supposed to be a very souped up muscle car. And the other people are just driving like a typical Cadillac or Buick or something like that. And they're just keeping right up with them. And I I still like, I hate that. Like they do it all the time in movies and I just hate it. Um, But they're able to keep up. Apparently, like Matt said, it's basically bulletproof. But obviously he starts shooting back at you know, people to does the whole turnaround and shoot at people, which is always awesome. Makes the truck explode. Right. You know, but eventually they crash. Um, and the bad guys think they die because of an explosion, but they don't die. And so again, at this point you think they'd be like, Oh, it seems like there's an inside person and we should probably figure that out. <laughs> But they don't pay attention to that still. Um, and so Cobra and Detective Monty and Captain Sears kind of get into it with the chief. But they decide that Cobra will take Ingrid upstate, is all they say, and try and pull the killers out of the city. You know, so that there's no more mayhem in the city. So Cobra, Gonzalez, Officer Stock, and Ingrid leave and head out upstate, apparently. And end up in this super random, like, little obscure small town where they had these really obscure little cottage houses for a motel, right? right? And it the 80s movie, so obviously Cobra brought extra, you know, weapons with him. His sweet grenades. Like, you would be very disappointed in this movie if that didn't happen, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So... He catches Officer Stock talking on the phone and he was already suspicious of her anyways. And now it's like, all right, I'm super suspicious of this lady. Like, why are you calling from a pay phone when you have a phone in your room? Well, she's calling to tell the bad guys where they're at. And this is where randomly you see a bunch of people in a warehouse knocking axes and bats and hammers and things like that together in a super awesome cult fashion. Um, And... Now they're apparently a motorcycle gang too, which I thought was pretty sweet. Oh yeah, of course. Because there was no hint at that before, but now they're a motorcycle gang. Um, And so they start heading up to this small town and Cobra's doing the super cool cleaning his guns, getting them ready, you know, for the coming fight. 
Um, but now is when we have to have our romance moment between Cobra and Ingrid because it's an 80s movie. And obviously the poor victim has to fall in love with the cop. Like, can't not have that happen. So it's, this is when this is, this is when I really start to love this, right? So they wake up the next morning already for, you know, stuff to happen. And then they just walk out of their house. And they're all just like, oh, where's Officer Stock at? Oh, she's over there. And yep, there's the bad guys forming to come and attack us. Nah. And <laughs> instead of getting in their truck and leaving, it's, oh, well, we're going to go back in our house. Yep, we're going to fortify it inside. Right? So they go in and gunfight ensues. And I love the very beginning of this fight. because I'm sure you noticed, Matt, but very beginning of the fight... Cobra pulls out his pistol, five shots, five kills, just drops them. Oh, yeah. Like, just right through the windows, everything going around, ra- going around, them riding on their bikes. Boom, 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 boom. Drops five people. Love it. Like, this is the best. <laughs> Fighting continues. Um, but obviously, because this is, and this is kind of why I was like, yeah, why would we get in our car? Surprise, they just light the buildings on fire. Didn't see that coming. Uh, But before that happens, you know, you got to shoot somebody off the roof who falls through a skylight because although these are really crummy cabins that look like they haven't had a coat of paint in probably 30 years (laughs) and a repairman in probably 20, but they have skylights. So that way you can have people falling through them. And somebody obviously has to ride a motorcycle through the front door. He kills them because, you know, he's killing everybody at this point. And then if the beginning of the fight wasn't amazing, they just walk outside and stand out in front. And at this point, apparently everybody decided to stop shooting at him, although they'd been shooting consistently for a couple of minutes now. When they walk outside and are just standing in front of the house, nobody shoots. No. Why would we shoot at you? Perfect targets. Perfect targets. Like, why would you eat you? So they get over to their truck. Gonzalez comes out of his house. He gets shot in the leg. Right? And so he's he's out of the fight. And they drive away. And then this is super amazing. Ingrid's driving. And Cobra's just in the back wasting people. And, again, I, I cannot speak from experience. Because, like, I have no idea. But all I could think is, like, all right, so... We're driving down a pretty straight road. There is a truck in front of me with a guy in back with a machine gun. I am driving at him, and he is killing everybody in front of me. Like, just doesn't matter. Killing them all. Like, they come. He kills them. Would I continue to drive down the road after him? Well, yeah. I don't know. I'm in a crazy cult. Of course I would. Part of me says, like, I feel like I might have stopped him. Like, hey, you know what? We'll catch you next time, bud. Um, but they keep coming and he does. He kills a lot of people there. Like a lot of people. He kills a lot of people. Um, eventually there's a blockade that's on fire because it's an 80s movie. You got to have fire. They drive through that, but then kind of like half wreck. They get out of their car or the truck and they start running through the orchard. Mm hmm. And then the bad guys follow. And real quick, I want to back up because this kind of bothered me. So right back towards when they were still in the city, they show this guy with what's supposed to be a sniper rifle, right? Okay. And so like, you get this impression that that's going to come into play. What well, doesn't come into play in the city, it doesn't really come into play at this point until when he's running through the orchard, the guy randomly shoots once he's already like ran through the clear opening and just shoots through the tree. And, like, it doesn't really play any part after that. No. But at this point, they run through this uh, lemon orchard. And, you know, the Night Night Slasher and Officer Stock. And I can't remember the other. Well, that's because I don't even think they say his name. There's another, like, couple lead bad guys that, like, are with the Night Slasher, right? right? And so they just happen to show up at what I think is probably, like, a refinery. But what's really important is they got furnaces with really hot fire and big chains and tanks and things like that, right? 
Right. So now Ingrid and Cobra are in there and they're still going after them. And Cobra kills like a whole bunch of people, kills all the sub bad guys, basically. And now all that's left is Officer Stock and uh, the Night Slasher. And again, this is kind of a pet peeve for me, but I wouldn't expect anything less. So Cobra shoots Officer Stock. Right. Seems like you waste her, right? But this is the, apparently the only time he can't do a one-shot wonder. And so even though it seems like he just completely wastes her with his machine gun, she's not dead, which becomes important because uh, to kill one of the next bad guys, she actually shows up, jumps on his back because, you know, she's not dead. And why would she shoot him? <laughs> apparently she's out of bullets now. Other bad guy, you know, so Cobra, you know, flips her around. So the other bad guy shoots her. Then he kills that bad guy. And now we're just down to Cobra and the Night Slasher. This is what you've been watching the whole previous, like, hour and 15 minutes to get to this point, right? Mano a mano. And obviously, you know, it's got to be really hot in there so that they can oil them up and have those bulging muscles just shining, right? Yeah. And it's a decent enough fight, right? Like, I, I like this kind of fight because it truly is that, like, the bad guy's stronger, right? Like, he is. And so it's back and forth and back and forth. And I don't know, if, Matt, I, so here's a question for you. Okay. When you first saw the big hooks traveling through the uh, the factory, were you thinking, like, oh, yeah, bad guy's ending up on one of those? I was definitely thinking someone's either getting stabbed or hit with one. I, but I didn't catch that it would be the bad guy and that'd be his ultimate end. But yeah, I think those would be, I mean, those come out and you're like, yep, someone's getting hit with that. So I was, I wasn't like, I, it wasn't like I knew for a fact, right? But when I saw it, I was like, I'm going to give that a better than 50% that <laughs> he's going to end up on that hook. Like, I don't know that for sure. Cause I also had the thought of like, or, like he's gonna hit somebody with one, but like I was, I was leaning to like bad guy's gonna end up on that thing. So they fight, you know. Eventually, Cobra, because I mean he is our hero here, beats the guy up to the point where he's able to hoist him up and stab him onto this hook that makes no sense because, <laughs> like, legitimately, this hook is big enough that you could probably hook an earth mover with it like it's probably oversized for lifting a semi honestly yeah and <laughs> somehow and does not look sharp at all like zero no. about it says like oh this looks like a really sharp hook it's dull that has to be one of the dolls hooks somehow though uh stabs the guy with it and lifts him up off the ground and takes him down the track to the inferno blaze to where he's going to be incinerated uh huh. Yep. And then Q saving Ingrid and walking back to the small town where Gonzalez is getting loaded into the ambulance, which is what you got to do in a movie. Um, they make, you know, joke because he's a junk food guy. Gummy bear. And then this is one of those other things that you were expecting, but I actually didn't like how it played out. But I want to know what you think. So when he punches Detective Monty, Right. Hello. Technical difficulties, as usual. Well, that's okay, Zach. We'll be back in a minute. 
None of this will go on the show, so it don't even matter. Doesn't even matter. Nope. Uh-oh, it's frozen. Frozen. Oh, no. There's Zach, he's back. I can't hear you. Somehow I'm muted. All right, so I don't know how, but somehow this Chromebook likes to randomly, rather than being on my actual internet, likes to go and jump on the guest internet, which obviously does not work like you would want it to. Right. All right, so anyways, uh, I was talking about uh, Detective Monty. Yep, getting punched. Yep. So, obviously, you knew that uh, something was going to happen between Cobra and Detective Monty, right? Right. They'd had their back and forth. This part doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know why Detective Monty still is choosing to be a jerk to Cobra. Like, he legitimately saves the day, kills a whole bunch of people, and takes down the Night Slasher, and Detective Monty still wants to be a jerk about it, right? Right. So, you know the the, the punch is coming. And he walks over, and he pretends like everything's going to be okay, and he shakes his hand. And then he punches him. Right. Like, what's supposed to be really hard. Now, here's my thing. In every other fight... He's been like any 80s action star. He just beats the hell out of people. <laughs> right? And Detective Monty looks like nothing more than what you would think of as like your stereotypical movie, you know, lieutenant detective, you know, Mr. Nice Guy, thin, slender Bill, looks like he's never fought with anybody in his life. And he just gets hammered by this guy that's supposed to be essentially a professional killer. And he doesn't fall down. Right. Well, now, I, mean, I know the whole, the whole point of holding hands, right, is so that he can help him not fall down, right? Right. It doesn't matter, dude. You get cold cocked like that, like, and you're not expecting it, and you're not, like, a fighter, you're going to drop. I mean, that's it's just one of those 80s things where it's like, I'm going to prove my point and then punch you in the face. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what it is, is it's not yeah. meant to be... He maybe he held back a little bit more, you know. That's what it's supposed to make it feel like almost because, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, he punches him, but it's just like, hey, this is a reminder, screw you, I am the law. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, so now we're at the end of the movie, and I, I will say, like, this has got a great 80s ending to it. But before we get to the great 80s ending, did you find it obscure that they focused on the helicopter leaving? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because they're not in the helicopter. The bad no. guy's not in the helicopter. Nothing's in the helicopter of importance. Yeah. But yet they focus on it. Um, And then, then the classic 80s, though, he gets on the motorcycle with Ingrid and rides off into the sunset. Oh, yeah. That's typical oh, yeah. 80s. Yep. 80s action. And then we're at the end of the movie. We gotta play all the '80s music and the like, the love ballad, rock. Yep. Um, Absolutely. So, like I said, this movie was super short, and you know, 
I didn't ever feel bored while watching it. Maybe not confused, but kind of like just because I've seen so many 80s action movies in general, regardless of who the actor is. But it's like, okay, you know, it's it's it hasn't done anything new that I haven't seen before, really. I mean, you're typical oh, no. badass renegade, I'm above the law, even though I am the law cop hero type. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. What I did appreciate about this movie, and it was also stupid at the same time, is like the cult. It's like, that was another thing, is a lot, there were so many like, of those movies of the time that had like some weird either like religious call or like just we like to murder people call and then the ultimate you know bad guy so you know i i appreciated that but once again nothing new or nothing we haven't seen before um yeah but i liked how they it it almost seemed like it tried to do like a horror movie like thriller Ish, slasher you know, kind yeah, of yeah slasher because i mean i got i got halloween vibes from when they would show like pictures of his feet you know and him running in like the boots and like that jumpsuit i'm like oh look michael myers is coming after you <laughs> yeah um i would say music wise i like the music it i mean obviously it was 80s music there's a couple songs that were i don't know maybe a little it could have been a little more like rockish, like eighties rockish, but I thought yeah, the movie okay. flowed pretty well with the music at the same time. Yeah, I mean overall, yeah, I would agree. I think the music was, it was good. I mean, some I'm with you. Some of the songs it's kind of like, eh, yeah, this, yeah, no, this, this is music that should have stayed in the eighties. But overall, yes, like the music was good for the movie. Um, the trailer for me was a solid 80s action movie trailer yeah like, i like the trailer like it was good i was like yeah this this is what i want to see uh you know like i i think i've said this before on this podcast i like it when they put like words or phrases you know in big bold on the you know trailer things like that so as i was all about the trailer cobra yeah i like i like when the voice like the voiceover guys back in those type of trailers were just like Cobra, he's on a mission to do this. And you're like, yeah, he is. He's going to yep. do stuff. Yep. So, trailer was good. So, with that, Matt, uh huh. would you watch Cobra again? You know, with how, like, just this movie in general is, you know, it's, a, it's an over-the-top action 80s movie. You know, it has your bad guy, good guy, bad guys trying to kill the 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 female because you know why not for some random stupid reason. Zero plot to this movie, honestly, just like the dumbest plot. But I am a sucker for '80s action movies, especially when they when they star Stallone, Arnold, you know. Um, you know, those guys of that time. So yes, yes, I would watch this again because even though it was kind of dumb, that's the point. As I just, it's one of those, you can just put this on, mindlessly watch it and just be like, yeah, he, he killed all those people and it was awesome. And it doesn't, it doesn't do anything to like. It doesn't make me upset that I would watch this again. You know, I could watch this and just have it in the background. I could watch this by myself. I could watch this if it ever just flipped on TV. I mean, heck, I'd be like, Zach, let's do an 80s action movie weekend. I'd watch this again. I mean, it was good to me in that sense. What about you, Zach? Would you watch this again? Oh, absolutely. For all the reasons you just said, right? So it's Stallone, right? So big fan of Stallone. It's an 80s action movie uh we've talked a lot about expectations for movies and things like that i did not have high expectations for this movie <laughs> what did i want to see i wanted to see stallone playing a rogue cop and killing a bunch of bad guys like that's what i was looking to get into this movie that's exactly what i got you're right plot plot is pretty significantly lacking in this movie uh like i said at the get-go is there really anybody else in this movie no no there's not 
yeah, you can make the argument like Bridget Nielsen was like a B-list actor and people might, actress, like, might know her. Okay. Maybe. Art LaFleur, yeah, people would recognize him, but there's essentially nobody in this movie. And it's just alone. But it's solid action. It's got some good one-liners. You know, the music's good. It's not super long. Like, this would be one of those movies, if it was, like, more pushing two hours and it was this kind of movie, you'd be like, eh, this is getting a little long. Like, right we need to probably shorten this up but it's not it's a you don't there's just you watch it it's a good time frame it's got good action like i said i love the car like the car in this movie i think it's sweet so like there's certainly some things like that i'm a big fan of um so yeah i would same thing i would watch it again i know i'll watch it again um yeah it's good it's a good one for me solid 80s movie now, was this your first time watching it, or have you seen this before? This is my first time watching this. Okay. Yep. Yeah, same here. Yep. So. Um, all right, so this week, you know, it was a Stallone movie, and that was Zach's pick because Zach is a Stallone guy. I like Stallone. But next week, we're going to talk about my man, my favorite 80s action star, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, we're going to be watching Hercules in New York, which is one of his first movies. And I have never seen this. And I've always been curious to watch this. And just I've already watched the trailer and I'm already very intrigued. And just how Arnold portrays himself so far. I'm like, okay, I see where this is going to go. And I can't wait to see exactly how he gets there. I'm I expect to laugh a lot. So I'm very excited. Uh, I want to thank Zach for, you know, bringing his Stallone knowledge to the table and telling us a little bit about what he likes, what he doesn't like. And next week we'll, uh, we'll do some Arnold and we'll go from there. So thank you everyone for listening and have a good one.